Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Success Life Live. My name is Eric Reed. I am your host, your coach, your friend. I don't know, some people just call me Eric. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you join me here on Facebook Live, or if you're listening to the audio cast on the podcast, hey, thank you as well. Do me a quick favor, take a moment, share it, like it, friend it, put it out there where other people can see it and experience it. It would mean a lot to me. And also, it would provide value to your friends, neighbors, countrymen, I don't know, whoever else. So thank you for joining me for today's Success Life Live. If you are watching live on Facebook, do me a favor and and share this out and say hello, say good morning, connect to each other. This is a community live thing, you know? Whether you show up live or in the broadcast, I like to know you're here. And you know, sometimes the only way I can do that is by seeing a hello, a hi, or a big thumbs up. So let me know. Good morning, Helen. Good morning, Steve. I think I saw Julia jump in as well. We have so much to go through this morning and I'm gonna be talking about plateaus and breaking through plateaus and why we have plateaus in our business and in our lives and in our fitness and in our finances as well. Good afternoon, my little white brother. Carl, it's good to see you as well. Um, Sonia, oh, you're awake and with us this morning. How fantastic. I love seeing the regulars show up and check in and, and make sure that everything is good in their lives. Um, the day gets so busy, sometimes I want to just call everybody personally and check in, and I don't get the chance. So uh, having us gather here each and every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern for Success Life Live is one way that we get to do that. So take a minute, check in with your friends, your neighbors, the other participants as well. All right. So tomorrow we have a new series called Meet the Writer. Um, and so we are going to be having... I know, you're all like, where'd he go? Well, we are gonna be having um, my good friend, Allison, join us, Allison Little. She wrote the book, The Art of Imperfect Action, All Success from, Comes from Daring to Begin. Um, I got a, a pre-release copy that I was able to read over the last uh, couple days, and so I'm excited to share this because her book tour begins this week, and so you get to have a virtual book tour launch we're gonna have a series that we're just gonna sort of randomly pop in and out starting soon with Meet the Writer or Wednesdays with the Writer. So if you happen to be a book writer, written a book or thinking on a book, let me know. I'd love to read it and then share it with our group. But let's get started on today's lesson, Breaking Through the Plateaus. And again, my name is Eric Reed, so thank you so much for jumping in. So plateaus, we all experience them, whether they're in our business or whether in our personal life, our fitness, um, or our finances. And I think the obvious place that they sort of jump out really quickly and really easy is often when we're looking at our fitness. We'll, we'll jump on board um, a diet plan or a fitness routine or something along that line. And we'll feel like, man, I'm getting this. I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling strong. I'm, I'm feeling the weight falling off. I'm feeling a muscle tone recoup. And then all of a sudden, we just reach this point where it seems like nothing we do is going to break through. Nothing we do is going to change the needle, raise the bar, set a new standard. And so, you know, it, it happened recently with my little Fitbit watch thing. You know, it was like I could go out the door and hit a certain mark on my, my, my walk, my run, my jog. And I'd look down and there would be X number of calories burned. I was like, yes, 
I can go back home and eat this and eat that. And I would be like, every time I'd hit that corner, every time I'd hit that stop sign, I could almost look down and be like, yep, 500 calories, that was the goal, turn around, go back. Well, over a while, I started to notice that pretty soon it wasn't. That every time I got to that corner, it was almost like the block had gotten shorter. And I was like, wait, every time I hit here, I always, always have a 500 calorie number. What's going on? Why is it dropping to 475, then 430, then 400? And then why is the needle not even moving? Well, I had hit a plateau. The amount of effort it took me to hit that point had been reduced because I had gotten healthier. So it was recording differently in my Fitbit. It was saying, you know what? Yeah, you did the same number of steps, but it took less energy because you're becoming more efficient. You're becoming more uh, in tune and healthier. And so fitness is an obvious place we see plateaus, but we also see them in our business and our finance and our faith and our you know, general life. And so I wanna sort of give you, what I've written down is five plateau busters for today. So if you're in the middle of one of those plateau seasons where it's whether it's in your finance or like I said, in your business or in your personal relationship, just sort of jot these down and then we'll unpack them together. First is to one, identify the challenge you may be avoiding and face it head on. So here's what I see happen with my high achievers. Here's what I see happen with those people who have had some really good mojo history. They'll start going and going and going and they got this uphill climb going, they've got success, they've got prosperity, they've got things happening and all of a sudden they hit this plateau. And they're like, why is nothing changing? Why is nothing growing? Why is my business stagnant? And I'm like, ah, so what is the challenge? And sometimes the challenge is mental. Sometimes they're saying to themselves, well, I don't know if I can really take it to the next level. I don't know if I can handle the next level. I don't know if I can be as successful at the next level. So maybe I'll just stay where I'm at and keep doing what I'm doing and getting somewhat of the same results. But in reality, I'm really going backwards because I'm not growing, I'm not changing, I'm not developing, I'm not testing and trying new skills. Nothing in life stays in the same place. It's always either moving forward or moving back. And so when you hit that plateau where you're not challenging yourself, when you're not pushing yourself, when you're not testing yourself because you've had a level of success and fear and doubt and insecurity might be holding you back. It might be a staffing issue. You might say, oh, you know, I really know I need an assistant. I know I need a second. I know I need a third. But if I make that commitment, am I going to be able to provide for them? Am I going to be able to keep them employed? What if my business starts to fail? What if this starts to go downhill? How am I going to fire that person? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to grow my business because if I grow my business, then I'm going to have to hire people, resources, teams, talents, invest money back into myself, into my business. And what happens if the money stops? I see it when people get into a fitness routine and they're plateaued and they're like, yeah, well, you know, good enough is good enough. I think I'm okay. If I just keep doing what I'm doing, then maybe I'll just somehow magically start to change. Because if I take it to the next level, if I have one of those um, ambitious goals, I might fail. So finally, identify the challenge and face it head on. And often you may not see the challenge or you may see it, but you know, often when I work with high performers, they are so into their business that they never take the time to pull back and look and go, there's my challenge point. I've got to hire, fire that person and hire the next level up. I bought in somebody, some system, some tool, some idea that worked really well for zero to 20, but now that I'm going to 40 to 60, 
I've got to reinvest, upgrade, retool, realign, repartner. And to do that requires that I expose myself to a higher level of risk. And I'm not really sure I can perform in that new risk. So I'm not going to take on that challenge. So I'm going to stay where I'm at and in fact fall down. The number two thing is sometimes you got to mix it up. And you'll see this more in a gym where, you know, like you do the same routine every day and then all of a sudden it's like, well, this isn't any effort. Bodybuilders know they got to change up the routine. In fact, bodybuilders, fitness coaches, trainers will change up the routine before you plateau so that you don't plateau and get that exhaustion, get that defeat, get that mindset. And they'll start to say, oh, we're going to switch it up. And you'll be like, what? I was just getting comfortable. Yeah, because we got to switch it up because as soon as you get comfortable, you stop growing, you stop achieving, you stop developing, whether it's the muscle or the mindset. And so we might get in this routine that this is what got me here. Every morning I get up and I do this, 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 and this. Well, when it becomes such a pattern and such a routine that you're not pouring your heart into it, you're not pouring your passion into it, you're not having to actually work for it, we all know we start to slip and slide and go into lazy mode. Instead of doing 100%, we might do 95, then we might do 90, then we might do 80. Because we got it so well mastered that there's no point in trying to, I mean, we've all done that. We've all slept walked or sleepwalked or zombied through the morning. Like I have got this routine so down, I can do it in my sleep. Then it's time to switch it up. Hey, there's Allison. She is gonna be our writer tomorrow, our Wednesday Meet the uh, Writer, and she stopped in to just say hi as well. Um, number three, new challenges. Attempt new challenges to identify the weak parts of your skill. So if you've been successful going down this lane, and you've always done this, and this is always working for you, and you've gotten a certain level of success, there's probably something just on the edge, the left or the right of it, so to speak that you know that you could probably do, but you haven't done it yet because that's not my sweet spot. Then stretch a little, go outside the boundaries, make a little bit of an adjustment. Now I'm not saying if you're really good as a master chef and cooking uh, vegan vegetarian meals that you suddenly try and become a ski instructor, but maybe expand out. Think of large case, uh, large corporate catering, think of private meals, think of consulting, think of a cookbook, think of something that's next to your sweet spot, next to your success spot, and just stretch a little on each side of it. If you're a really great speaker and you've got a fantastic speaking repertoire and you have a gift for words, what would it look like to put that into a vlog, a video blog? What would it look like to put it into a written blog? What would it look like to put it into an e-magazine? What would it look like to put it into an ebook, what would it look like to teach others the technique of being a really good speaker? I'm still using my talent of words, my talent of speech, my talent for creating ideas, but I'm just moving outside and I'm experimenting with new challenge. Because what I often see happen with high achievers is they get so goal driven. They're like, okay, here's my goal, 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 here's my goal. And that the things that are just on each side of their goal, they never see. And that's where new opportunities, new growth, new challenges, new partnerships exist. But because they're so focused on that one thing and hitting it, they never really expand to each side of it. And that may be where the next level success sits, is that new challenge, that new idea, that new thing. And don't be afraid of failing. Like I said, 
The art of imperfect action is where you discover your next opportunity. Number four is tactical practice technique, or um, develop tactical pra practical techniques to improve um, on your weak spots. So here's one of the misconceptions that every, you have to be an A student in everything. Okay, no. Thank God. Thank God for me personally. Thank God for the rest of us who are really good at one things. But there are certain things that we could raise our game, raise our success, raise where we're currently performing at if we took tactical, practical, quantitative growth in that area. So for example, um, if you're really good in a personal relationship and you know that, you know what, I, I, my, my love language is, is gifts. But my, my, my partner, my spouse, my children, whoever it is, is acts of kindness or words of affirmation. Then I can learn to develop my skill in delivering that. I can study it. I can read it. I can rehearse it. I can put it in my planner. Because right now the relationship has reached a plateau. And for me to get to another level, I need to increase my skill set. I need to increase my efficiency. I need to get better at what I do. I work with a lot of realtors and helping them go to next level business. And so often they'll say, well, this is what I've always done. I'm like, okay, show me it. Show me how it's replicatable. Show me how it's refinable. Show me how it's, how you can master it at the next level. And they're like, well, I don't have a system or a technique written down. I'm like, well, that's step one. We got to get it written down. Then we got to look at it. And then we've got to figure out an A-B test. And when we figure out the A-B test of it, and we see that B works better than A, which is what you've always been doing, then let's work on B. And then when we do B, let's do B and C and see if C works better than B or if B is the master tool. And we do this with scripts and dialogues, listing presentation, contract negotiations. I remember a personal story, and I tell this often to my real estate clients, uh, coaching clients, is when I did my first listing presentation, the, the broker, the boss had said, here's the listing presentation. And he handed me this PowerPoint presentation and it must've been like a million slides. I mean, okay, maybe 900 slides. And he said, just go in and present this. And I said, okay. And then what? And he said, when you get to the last slide, into the last flip folder, whatever you wanna call it, it says, ask for the close. And so that's when you ask for the close. So I said, okay. So I get my little couple in front of me and I introduce myself as Eric the Realtor and I'm here to sell their house and I just wanna show them a few things. And I start flipping through the book and flipping through the book. And they're like engaged and engaged and I keep going and I keep going because I do what I'm told by my coach to get what I need to get and that, 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 that. That's the way I'm kind of programmed. When somebody tells me do it, I do it and then I see what happens. And so I'm going through and all of a sudden I start to notice them nodding, like their eyes are closing and then opening and their eyes are closing and opening. I'm like, well, I'm only on slide number 20. We got 999 more to go. And then all of a sudden I hear the, the husband, I think it was say, yeah, you can have the job. We're excited you're gonna start. And I still looked down and I'm like, well, I'm only on slide number 40. I still got like 800 and some more to go. And I literally think that at some point they put down their head on their desk waved a flag and screamed, stop, please, you can have our house. We'll sell, sign the title over to you, whatever it's gonna take for you to shut up and stop. Well, I did get the listing presentation because I wasn't gonna leave until they said so. I should have probably left about an hour ago. 
Now when I go into that same thing, what I've discovered is I can do that presentation with three or four questions. It takes me five